The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and it is also a pleasure to be joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? I am doing marvelous, Ryan. How are you doing this Monday evening? I know. This is unusual for us. Yes. Well, you know, I think we decided, actually, actually more my idea, that, you know what, let's have a show after the Oscars, because it makes no sense to do a show a few hours before the Oscars, talk about what we think is going to happen, then have the, the audience wait a whole nother week. To get a wrap-up show, which at that point, they won't care. And plus, all the analysis that we would have provided on a Sunday show about the Oscars would have been useless by the time it was downloaded. Oh, yeah, and especially with some of the surprises that happened on the show. But I watched all of it in its entirety. As did I. Uh, Very nice. It was a great show. Um, I can't wait to talk about it with you. We got some great analysis on the Oscars. Mm -hmm. I hope our listeners aren't mad that they had to wait like 24 extra hours for this podcast episode. Well, I mean, if they are, you know, it's free, so deal with it. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. We're uh, we're providing you free entertainment and like the best entertainment. So, you know, you're getting a f- imagine if you will, you're given tickets to see every night, not every night, but well, technically, you have it out your back and call whatever. You're given a, a sh- tickets to see Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, The Who, The Rolling Stones, um, Ryan. Maybe you should add people contemporary people here. Um, Fine, Taylor Swift. There you go, Taylor Swift. Katy Perry. Uh, Metallica, you know, and the manifestation of the, of the divine, all for free. Manifestation of the... All of those artists are opening for the manifestation of the divine. Or, you know, they rotate, you know. It's, it's you like know. a festival thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe someone else has actually <laughs> like a pretty good solid 15 that they want to, you know, work out a bit first. But that's what this show is, and it's free. So, you know... If it's a day later, you know, bear with us. But, you know, hey, come on, it's free. And again, folks, if you're mad, as my colleague pointed out, the decision to move this episode a day later so we could talk Oscars was entirely his idea. Oh, yes. this I made the executive decision. And <clears throat> I realized that I should make more executive decisions around here. Oh, really? Yes. And well, actually, before we get down this tangent, we should probably uh, do our normal rigmarole rate review us on iTunes. That's the Break the Business podcast. You're listening to it right now. So you found it. Thank you. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow Mr. Corella here at, at Ryan, K-A-I-R. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, K-A-I-R. You can follow me on Twitter at D-K-A-Y-E-1027. And you can get all of our wonderful musings and links to other people who have far more Twitter followers than us. And we're just the, um, what is it, the parasites on the sharks that are just sucking off their Those, tweets. The remora fish. Yeah, the remora fish. Yes, that, that's what we are. Just... Uh, Getting the great content from the varieties, the billboards, and all the other uh, Esquires and all the other great stuff and sending it to you. That, that, was, that was pretty good. I, I felt like I could sort of lay back and relax and let well, you do it. it that it, was Ryan, awesome. Like, exactly. Because you know what, Ryan? Manifest destiny. That's what's happening here, Ryan. All right. Are we, are we going to talk about this now? If you want to talk about this, I'm free to talk about this. I've noticed, I've noticed a trend on this podcast. By the way, coming up in the next segment... Uh, Eric Smith, the president of Aurelex Acoustics, this guy is awesome. In addition to being an expert on sound acoustics, he's also a great entrepreneur. If you're an indie artist, you're going to have a lot to learn from him. This is one of the fa- my favorite 
people that we've interviewed. So stick around for that. Eric Smith in the next segment. His advice is quite sound. Thank you. There you go. Um, He's great. He's and I'm so thrilled that he uh, is stopping by our podcast, but we'll get to him in the next segment. Before we move through the rest of the stuff here in this first block, Mm -hmm. we got to talk because I've noticed a pattern with you. Oh, really? Yes. Because you've made no secret of the fact, and I think everybody listening out there knows that given your druthers, you wouldn't want to do a music business podcast. You're secretly, slowly, week after week, slowly just trying to make this a regular comedy podcast because you're a funny guy. You like comedy. You like talking pop culture. And honestly, you tolerate the music business stuff. You you weather the storm. You fight through it because you know at the end of the rainbow there's the pot of gold that is dave's metal minute dave's as yet untitled game show david walks in as keith richards and belittles me and all the stuff that makes you happy and when we started this show it was mostly a music business show and at one point i sort of seated to you the third block of the show is okay this is your block this is the d block right we do all the stuff that (laughs) you want to do and i thought that would placate you you're I right. thought that that would, you know, that would, you know, keep you from trying to encroach upon the rest of the music business stuff on this podcast. You thought it would appease me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm calling the last block of our show essentially the Sudetenland. And I'm I was hoping that that would, you know, stop your your conquest of the rest of this podcast, but nothing is going to stop you. You you want to just completely get rid of the music business component on this. over all of mainland break the business. Um it's true, folks. I knew it. It's true. I knew it. Yes, I I am marching ever westward, and Ryan is being driven to the sea, and he doesn't like it. But it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Uh, also because, you know, y- your upcoming story is, um, how, how shall we say, not, not the best one, in my opinion. How dare you? I am so proud of this week's uh, conversation piece. Which is? Um, we're talking about email signatures. And we'll talk about it in just a second because my my Internet Explorer just crashed and I'm trying to pull it back up again. Ah, here we go. Yes. No, you make fun of me because, you know, I said this week what you asked me, what do you want to talk about this week in the A block? And I said email signatures. And oh, you're stopping me. Well, just let's say it it again. Just hold on a second. Let it sit. Email signatures is what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah, that's why I thought no one cares. You're going to make me feel bad about this, and I will not be deterred, sir. This is an important part of any artist arsenal. Look, look, sometimes on this show we give grand pieces of advice, grand pieces of career strategy, you know, global kind of ideas to move your career forward. But sometimes it's quick tips, and these are important quick tips. And email signatures might seem silly, but I'm telling you this is an important part of any artist arsenal, and so that's what we're going to touch upon this week, if that's okay with you. Well, right, let's talk about this. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> put your name on there. It can be your real name or this your is stage what goes name, into an email depending signature. on this. Uh, next would probably be uh, your email, a good place to get you back. More likely than not, it's going to be the email of the email that you are currently using that's going to be in this person's inbox that they'll reply to anyway, but you can have more than one. I don't know. Maybe you got Hotmail still, if you're deciding to use it. Hotmail. Yeah. I'm not judging. CompuServe, you know. It's coming back in a big way. Technology is cyclical. We all know that. (laughs) 
All right. After your name, again, legal or stage, your choice, really. Email address, you may decide to use a physical address. It could be a work address or a home address. Make sure to put all the numbers that appear on the outside of your home, condo unit, or apartment. Apartment numbers may apply. Next, use the city, state, and zip code that the U.S. Postal Service has designated to you in what? your residential area. Why do you have to mock an important topic? No, no, no. Hold on a second. I'm helping out. If You're not helping. You're undermining. If you're an international listener, use the appropriate res- uh, addresses as your country's government has deemed fit to use. Some have extra numbers, and some have country codes and everything. That's fine. It's up to you. Have fun with it. Next, phone numbers. It could be one or many, depending on how many you have. It could be a work phone number, a home phone number, or, more likely than not, a cell phone number. Remember, area codes are necessary. Those are the three numbers in parentheses. (laughs) I know it's complicated, but it's important stuff. We want people to call you back. Next, up to you, maybe have a nice little funny greeting. Maybe a clip art. Maybe seasonal. Like Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's coming up. Can I please talk about email signatures without you mocking it? I think I just did. There's more to it. May may I? Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, my God. What? Do not, at the end of your email signature, put something controversial. Do not tell the person, F off. I wish you were dead. Or screw yourself with a saxophone. (laughs) Sideways. Don't do these things as they will more likely than not not send you a good return email. Or if they do, it will also tell you to do things in horrible orifices. I notice you're channeling the movie phone guy a little bit here. Maybe, Ryan. Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, because you decided that this was somehow relevant, I've decided you are no longer needed on this show. Please, may I? No. Come on. This is important. Look, I give you a whole block of the show after Eric Smith from RLX stops by to talk about whatever silly stuff you want to talk about. And, and I get it. And I'm not, I'm not undermining it, by the way. I think it's an important part of the show because I think to get the people to listen to this important advice, we got to throw some comedy in there. Like we got to put some ice cream next to the vegetables so people eat the vegetables. I get you. But you gotta, you know, you, you gotta let me throw the vegetables in there. Okay, you know what? But there are good vegetables. There are legitimately good vegetables. Email signatures? You are not, this is not vegetables. No, email signatures are solid vegetables. We're talking broccoli out gratin here, man. Don't you dare put cheese on those freaking broccoli with this. There is no freaking cheese, okay? There is no cheese. There's no, uh, no. It's not like TGI Fridays where you got broccoli cheese soup and there's no freaking block broccoli in there. When you're a kid, you're like, ah, this is the best broccoli cheese soup ever. There's no freaking broccoli. It's just cheese. Cheddar cheese. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised nobody caught on to that at that restaurant. I, I don't know. Again, they just wanted the kid market. No, no. Don't you dare put... This is two-week-old eggplant that egg has been plant. sitting in the sun and peed on repeatedly by feral cats and dogs. Eggplant? Peed on repeatedly by feral Eggplant, cats and dogs. Eggplant, the third string quarterback of the vegetable world? No, this is solid advice. Okay? From Sonic Bid's blog, this is Hugh McIntyre, who wrote a great article about five things every musician should have in their email signature. Um, to quote right from the article, if you're going to be a professional musician, a.k.a. a business person, because essentially what are all indie artists other than business people and entrepreneurs, email is incredibly important to you. You're going to need it for everything from corresponding with your team to booking shows to chatting with fans, and so you want to pay attention to what information you're conveying in there. 
Also, when, make sure that you get ready for that Y2K bug, all this uh, very s- prescient advice. When you send email or receive email from fans or other people you're networking with, that email signature is going to be the last word. And you can use it as an advertising mechanism. And you can put a lot of stuff in that email signature so that your fans, your people you're networking with, radio folks, other industry figures can learn a lot of information. And so... So they should put their name at the end of an email. Yes, that's a good start. Kind of like how people have been putting names at the bottom of letters already for hundreds of years? Yes, that's the first thing you're going to want in there. Oh, okay, that's great. And as you astutely noted before, the first thing you're going to want in your email signature, according to this Hugh McIntyre article in Sonic Blitz, is your email address. Um, Naturally. Um, You want that at the bottom of the article, um, or at the bottom of the email. Why are you giving me the funny look? There's more to it. Because the first thing you put is your name. Well, after... The stuff other than your name, Dave. You don't put sincerely, you know... At hotstuff123 at yahoo.com. In addition, uh, you might want to provide some additional content. By the way, I I do feel sorry for whoever has at hotstuff123 at yahoo.com. Don't send that person emails because you know know it exists. It does. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. Is it you? Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it's you? No, I remember your I remember your junior high AOL screen name. You can tell people. No, no, because I don't want to give that information away. Why? Well, I don't know. Do you still use it? What no. Oh. I mean, b- people can email that email address and nothing's... I mean, I haven't checked it in 15 years. It's still there. Me too, cool, are you? Yeah. Me, the number two, cool, letter R, letter U at AOL.com. <laughs> send it. Send whatever you want to it because I haven't checked it in years. <laughs> um, as you noted before, and yes, another thing you want in your email signature is additional contact info. Um, if you have a, a phone number, an office phone number, maybe if you don't want to give out your personal cell phone, that makes sense. But a lot of artists have a Google voice number that they do for business. You'll want to throw that in there. If you have other email addresses, if you have a separate email for booking, for press, throw all that in there um, in your email signature. Next piece. And this is the stuff that's not as intuitive as the stuff that you brought up. What's the next piece, Ryan? Ready? Ready? What? Brace yourself. You know, gird your loins, sir. Because this is going to blow your mind. Social media links. Boom. You put links to your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, They don't have to be the full links, but easily clickable links. That way, anybody who reads your email, they can instantly become a follower on any of your social media platforms. That's a good piece of advice. Why are you giving me that face? I think the person... You're just mad because in in that 20-minute rant you did making fun of this great piece of advice, you never thought of that. Oh, wow, whatever. The person that needs this advice that actually has never sat down to write an email and or letter and actually needs a step-by-step instruction on how to end an email, they're not listening to this show because they have not mastered iTunes. A lot of artists don't have this at the bottom of their email. Links to social media. That's a good idea. Are you saying, David, David, your lawyer privilege is showing? Because you send hundreds of thousands of business emails over the time. Well, I'm talking about artists, like the indie artists. A lot of them don't have this, and it's a good piece, good thing to have. Fourth thing, and this is this is the one part of your email signature that's going to change over time, which is a specific call to action. If you have some big important product, like if you have a particular album out, or you're promoting a certain single, or you have a crowdfunding campaign, whatever your big campaign du jour is. You're going to have a call to action right in the email signature um, where it says, check out this, or you can find this here, or support this, and then you put a link to it, and that's going to change over time depending on whatever you're promoting. But again, this is your last word when you are communicating with somebody, and you want it to be a specific call to action to whatever project you're doing. Right, right. 
No. Wait, wait, you don't got anything for that? You're just going to make a smart mouth? That's a good piece of advice. I, I have faith that the person writing this email is smart enough in their own career to know, I should probably talk about the new thing I got coming up. That but, would be a good thing. But in your email signature, that's not necessarily intuitive. I have faith in these listeners, Ryan. You don't. That's a good piece of What's advice. What's your fifth right piece there? of advice? Um, the last one is um, links. Um, to quote right from the article, while you've already may have shown people the way to your Facebook page and whatever crowdfunding campaigns you're working on or whatever projects you're working on in your email signature, you may have a presence online other than that, such as links to your website, links to your blog, links to your SoundCloud profile, links to your Bandcamp page, uh, links to your iTunes Um you, know, you don't want to list too many links, though, this article warns. You, know, you want to kind of keep your email signature short and sweet. You don't want to have 14 links on there. But some of the big ones, your SoundCloud page, definitely, and your Bandcamp page. And if you have a personal website, you definitely want to get those in your email signature. And again, this isn't earth-shattering kind of career-driving advice. This isn't global stuff. This is just nice, um, slick piece of uh, way to, to get the people you email to know a lot about your career in a short period of yeah. time. The email, email signature, signatures. The email yeah. signature is now longer than the body of this email, apparently. Oh, you're one. Uh, as lawyers, we're one to talk, Dave. Have you seen like the email signature that lawyers throw out? Well, because there's there's a confidentiality and like, you know, like a an, waiver. An IRS disclosure. Like we our profession is the king of long email signatures. You throw everything that this article recommends in there. It's not going to come close to what we do as lawyers. But they don't have to have d- legal disclaimers on there. So, yeah, that's why Rick sounds great. Or lunch sounds great, Mitch. And then, you know, two pages worth of stuff. It's not two pages worth of stuff. This is this is nice and short. You could probably knock all this out in like 10, 10 or 15 lines or less. It's a solid article. And I can tell you 15 lines. Yeah, that's way too long. Maybe 10 lines or less. I can tell you, Dave, I can usually identify the artists who got their stuff together versus the ones who don't solely by seeing if they have an email signature. Um, some of the best artists that we work with all the time. They do this, and they feature many, if not all, of the things that are discussed in this article. Whoops, sorry. That was, you, that was me with the mic stand. Yes, you were playing with... Are you so bored by email signatures that you're playing with the mic stand now? Yes. This is really good stuff, Dave. The, it is. I agree, it's stuff. The adjective, I... It's broccoli it's, out gratin. Get no, out of here with your eggplant. G- get the hell out of here with your cheesy broccoli. It's, <laughs> it's eggplant with piss in the sun. And, you know, other stuff, too. There's plenty of other creatures out there and things get mixed around and fluids and blech. It's beginning. It's beginning. This is how it starts. Yep. See? No, today, you just today, proved it. You just t- proved it. Today, it's me talking about this great article about uh, email signatures and you starting to make jokes throughout the whole thing. That's how it starts. Next thing you know, like, I'm not going to be able to talk any music business. The whole thing is just going to be an hour and a half of Dave's Metal Minute. You're not even going to like have me in the studio. You're just going to make this your your own show. I'm not going to be here anymore. The format change, you mean? Well, radio stations do that. There's new management, and all of a sudden, you, you just you get in your car one day, turn on the radio, and boom! Instead of listening to 94.9 Zeta, you're listening to 94.9 whatever the hell it became. It's like a dance station now. Wow, yeah. that's kind of a deep cut because that's only that's like a local thing. Yeah, and that's like also you get to be around like in the late 90s, early 2000s for that because that's been gone a long time. You know. I have a way to settle this. Let's let the listeners decide. Not on changing the format. We're not changing the damn format. I see you like licking your chops <laughs> on that. Email signatures. You know what? I want to let the listeners decide. Email signatures. Listeners, email us. Breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Let us know. 
Did you think that this segment talking about email signatures, was it informative for you as an artist? Break the business at gmail.com. Let us know. Was email signatures informative? Did you like I don't want to say, did you like the segment? Because I feel like if they didn't like it, it's because you were crapping all over it the whole time. Was it informative? Email signatures. It was already crap to begin with. You get... Ex- yeah, no. I, I I hope you would just, I, you know, I, I, I realize you're venting, but you also, you know, you got to take some time to enjoy this. Enjoy the present. Enjoy what's happening on, you know, quote, your show. You know, I just, you know, just make sure you appreciate things. You know, just letting you know. I'm going to miss this show. Yeah. When and it's, when we, it's the Dave's Metal Hour podcast. And we will, you too. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you here, buddy. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the new studios coming soon. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. talk more about that. That's oh, yeah. Exciting. We'll talk about that later. We've got a special update for that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. All right. Coming up next in the next segment, I'm telling you, this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited to have him here. Great entrepreneur. Going to give us great advice on how to build... Uh, you know, your own home studio. Speaking of home studios, yeah. Eric Smith, CEO of Oralex. Yeah, and you know what? I'm pretty sure he didn't have to read a blog entry to learn how to write emails. Well, because he's just a gifted entrepreneur. Exactly. For, for the rest of us mere mortals, email signatures are important. Eric Smith coming up next on the Break the Business Podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. He is the president of RLX Acoustics, a manufacturer of acoustical and soundproofing materials for recording studios. RLX also provides people with a free analysis of their rooms to give them a personalized profile on how to set up their own studio for their home or office. In addition to his role at RLX, our guest is also a lecturer, broadcaster, and entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Smith is on the Break the Business Podcast. Eric, thanks very much for being on with us. You're welcome, Ryan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, uh, you're quite welcome yourself. You had a great presentation at the NAM conference just a few weeks ago on how to improve your home recording studio acoustics on a budget. And now I'm glad that we have you on here to share those insights with our artist listeners. Okay, well, if you've got three and a half hours, I'll step you through it all. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Well, let me just say this right out the gate. Um, in terms of just you know being having the best sort of advertising for your own products and your own services without saying anything, your sound quality sounds amazing. You sound better than I do, and you're on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That's amazing. <laughs> that must be those wonderful Oralex products that are right here beside me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the fact that I know how to work a mic, having been in broadcast for decades and all that stuff. But uh, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Oh, man. You also have the, like a better broadcasting voice than I well, do. This is amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank my. you. I feel like we should be on different sides of this uh, microphone here. but No, that's fine. You're, you do a great job. I've been on your side. I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I think you do a wonderful job. Oh, I'm blushing. Thanks very much. There. Uh, did I say that the way you wanted me to? I did, yeah. No, uh, you, you changed a few words, but uh, you know what? You're an artist. Have fun with it, right? That's all right. 
all right. You're a lawyer. Sue me. <laughs> Tell the folks a bit about your background and a bit about what Aurelix does. Well, I started as a pretty serious drummer at a very young age. My mom and dad bought me my first drum kit at the discount store with those paper drum heads when I was eight years old. And four years later, I was giving drum lessons for pay. Wow. I'll, I'll let that one hang in the air for a minute. <laughs> uh, when I was like 16, 17, I played drums in a band that opened for Aerosmith. Uh, very serious drummer. I was also a radio groupie. I was the little punk who... You know, every day was calling the radio station and bothering the DJs and trying to win concert tickets and record albums and all that. You know, that was that was back in the day when record albums were the only only game in town. And, uh, you know, they'd say, Eric, uh, you got to quit calling so often. You know, you can't win for another month. And uh, so anyway, I was big into radio like that stuff. And uh, then I got involved in uh, spinning records like uh, mobile mobile and nightclub DJ type stuff. And um at a, you know, not at a high level yet, but uh, I'm already having experience with bad sounding environments and things like that. And so then I decided I had, uh, you're an attorney, and actually I had the brains and the grades. I was going to go to law school. And uh, I'm sorry I to, to hear my, that. Well, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Rim shot. Uh, oh, wait, hang so, on. I got that. There it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I go to my mom and dad and I said, hey, I'm interested in changing my major to broadcast because I'm really kind of keen on it. And they said, of course, absolutely not. We will hear <laughs> we will hear nothing of the sort. And so the next morning I went to the guidance office and what did I do? I changed my major to broadcast. Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. And I didn't tell them for a year. <laughs> and I called them at their small business north of Indianapolis, said, hey, have you got the radio on? They said, yes, it's on the easy listening station. I said, well, change it over to this frequency. And they said, why? And I said, because I'm on the radio. And they were uh, a little befuddled by that. Dinner was interesting that night. Um, but uh, so anyway, I changed my major. And so then I'm all full of myself because now I'm a broadcast major. And so I went over to the radio station that I most idolized, which was a 50,000 watt, uh, you know, just an absolute killer powerhouse of a FM rock station. And me with my little clip-on tie and my little one-page resume that I did on a little Olivetti manual typewriter had nothing on it because I had no resume, you know. <laughs> and I go in there and I said, yes, I, you know, I'm, I'm back then I didn't sound like I do now probably. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm just a student over here a few miles away and I changed my major to broadcast and all that and I'd like a job. And they, the, the receptionist looked me in the eye and took a deep breath and folded her hands on the desk and said, Mr. Smith, I just don't know what to tell you. We would never hire anyone like you. And so I walked out of there with my tail between my legs, but not discouraged. Um, I, I knew that I was meant to be in broadcast. And interestingly, six months later, I was on the air there. At that same station? At the same station. Wow. And not because I had been there with my little crappy resume, but because somebody had heard me and said, hey, he's a punk, but he's got some talent. And uh, they called me and said, yeah, we've got a, we've got a part-time gig and uh, could work into more and... Uh, doing production and voiceover stuff and all that. Are you interested? And I, you know, I wet my pants. And then after that, I said, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, within months of going in with my little one page resume and my clip on tie, I'm working alongside my idols. All right. These did are you, the guys I, I used to get record albums from. Did, did you have any moment where you walked past that same receptionist on your first day on the job and you're like, yep, I'm here to start my radio show. Yeah. I had her fired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it was one big happy family, you know, bygones are bygones. There you go. But uh, so anyway, that's how I started my career, you know, and at, at, at age, golly, I don't know, 18, I guess I'm, you know, making 
back in those days, radio jocks made really good money. And so I'm very young and I'm all full of myself. I had way too much ego, frankly. I, uh, I hate that me. I'm, I'm not that way now at all. Um, despite the fact that I hang with rock stars every day, you know, that's my job. But uh, back then I was, I was a little too full of myself and I wish I could go back in time and smack the crap out of myself. But uh, anyway, so I ended up working alongside my idols and and uh, that was great fun. I learned an awful lot from those guys. And then, you know, I worked at a number station. So anyway, that's where Orlex came from, because I'm working for all these people who are making tons of money. I mean, back in those days, you know, there were jocks in local radio markets. Of course, Indianapolis is not a small market. And, you know, you got people making seven figures a year uh, because they were absolute like rock stars. And so, uh, you know, these guys owning these stations are driving new Jaguars and things, but they're telling me, you know, when I'm complaining that, hey, when I pot the mic open to give away concert tickets or whatever, it sounds like I'm in a gymnasium. And these rich guys are saying, you know, I, I know, but uh, turn the music up louder because we can't afford to fix it. <laughs> and, you know, the light bulb, the proverbial light bulb goes ding above my head like, well, I'm young and I'm a putz and I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't come from big money. We weren't poor, but not big money. And uh, But yet somebody's got to do something about this. And so at age 17, I started Oralex in, the, in a one-car, 100-year-old garage with no heat and one light bulb and no telephone. Wow. So that's where the company came from. Now we're 39 years old in a couple of months worldwide. Oh, I think at last count, like 4,500 dealers around the world uh, distributed on every continent. And uh, I think probably, without being egotistical sounding about it, probably the undisputed leader in the acoustics marketplace. See, now, I just think about when I was 17, and I couldn't even start my homework, much less a you know massive, uh, powerful uh, music company. Well, uh, here's, here's the—this um, might sound a little spiritual and weird. I, you know, I try to not take things too heavy. I try to have a lot of fun. I'm a real smart aleck, as you've already figured out. <laughs> Uh, especially before we came on the air. But, uh, you know, you can't be a broadcaster and not be a smart aleck. But um, from day one, um, it's kind of like James Taylor says. He says, you know, I don't write songs. I'm, the fir I'm just the first one to hear them, meaning that they come from someplace else and basically download into his head. And that's kind of how the, 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 the Orlex concept was. Um, from day one, once I, once I got convicted of this idea, once the light bulb went off, I absolutely saw the end game. And so it wasn't one of those, well, gee, I don't have any money. How am I going to make this happen? Oh, my golly. Uh, I don't know anything about chemistry. I'm going to school full time and I've got a radio job and I don't have any time to do this. It was this like grand vision of, no, you'll get there. Just do the work. And we've got your back and we're going to help you make it happen. And so, um, yes, there's been a hell of a lot of work and boy, more struggle and strife and all that stuff than we've got time to go into. But I saw the end game from day one. And so that's why I never, ever gave up on it. I went to Butler University. Our mascot is the Bulldog. Some of your listeners may have seen the Bulldogs play basketball in the NCAA tournament and things like that. Well, I am literally and figuratively a Bulldog. I never let go of this idea even when I'd run up against a brick wall and thought, well, I have no money to do what I need done. How am I going to figure it out? Oh, very, very cool. That's, a, that's such an awesome story. And uh, I am uh, so amazed by what you, what you started at such a young age and what you have today. Um, and I'm grateful, again, for your time to share your expertise with the indie artists out there. There are a lot of indie artists 
who are looking to create a great studio in their home, one that they can get, can give them a similar sound to what they can get in one of these big studio palaces, but get it in the convenience of their home and most importantly on a budget. I can tell you even as a podcaster, I'm always trying to get the best sound quality in my home and acoustics are always just a huge pain for me. So uh, your insight can be uh, so helpful in that regard today. So first things first, for home recording, um, if you have a house or an apartment at your disposable, uh, disposal, I should say, uh, what rooms in that uh, house or apartment tend to be the best rooms uh, for building a home studio? What, what qualities would you look for in a room? Oh, I definitely spend most of my time in the bathroom. <laughs> that was a joke. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, Thank you, thank you. I'm going to wear that key out by the end of this interview. Try, try the broccoli. See, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't say try the veal because I don't believe in that. But, uh, 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 well, you know, you want to go someplace where um, <laughs> inherently there are less reflections and, and you're more sound isolated from traffic, from the planes going overhead, from your neighbors, from the, you know, the garbage truck on the street, uh, things like that, you know. Uh, We've all put carpet scraps up on the wall and called it a studio. A lot of people hang moving blankets and things like that. Uh, people have propped up mattresses. Uh, people will get the, uh, the, the those giant pillows that come on your couch, you know, and people will, will prop those up around them, uh, especially if you're doing something more like a podcast where really all that matters is the near-field environment around the microphone. Um, you know, there are all kinds of gorilla types of things that you can do. Uh, luckily, though, these days, and this is not meant to be an Oralex commercial today, I'm here to try to educate people and help them in their careers, but there's not as much of an incentive to do that these days as there was even 10 years ago, because these days, you can get such affordable acoustical treatment packages. I mean, we've got kits that, you know, retail through Sweetwater, Guitar Center, Amazon, Sam Ash, etc. We love our dealers. Uh, sorry for all the ones whose names I couldn't mention, but... Um, uh, you know, you can buy Oralex prefab kits. Now, granted, they're small. They're not going to treat, you know, a gymnasium or whatever, but you can buy kits below 200 bucks. So virtually anybody can afford that these days. And it depends on what type of thing you're doing. Now, if you want to track Phil Collins' drums and put up big room mics 30 feet in the air in a giant studio and all that, it's going to inherently be more money. But if it's more near-field stuff or close mic stuff and whatever... Uh, with some uh, judicious uh, use of stand-mounted products, which we have a number of and which I dearly love. I use them in my projects for my most famous clients virtually every day. Uh, super affordable and very tunable. I'm all about a couple of things, and uh, one of them is adaptability. Um, and so I'm, I'm big on stand-mounted stuff. But, you know, if you're not going to be investing any money, if you have no money at the get-go, mm -hmm. well, then I'm going to go bedroom, and I'm going to probably pull the mattress or the box spring off, and I'm going to prop things up. I might go in a closet, you know, blah, blah, blah. These are not professional environments, but, you know, in a pinch, they're going to get you by probably. And then as you progress in your career and get a few bucks in your pocket or decide to make the decision, and I'll underscore that, you make the decision that good sound is important to your career, um, then you're going to find a way to invest in, in proper sound control, I think. Uh, but it doesn't have to be as nearly as expensive as most people think. So here's the problem with acoustics. Most people think it's a black art. They don't understand it. <laughs> they think, oh, my golly, I need a degree in physics. This is horrible. You know, and we, in particular, make it as literally as easy as it can be. And uh, when I do my lectures, which I do all the time, 
uh, travel the country lecturing about acoustics and studio design. I tell people at the get-go, you know, today we're going to talk about physics. And they all look at me with this, this blank stare. And I say, but we're not going to call it physics. We're going to call it fun. <laughs> okay. Well, so we've made it really easy. And there, there's all kinds of stuff you can do very affordably. Well, I was a mediocre student in fun in high school. <laughs> oh, you majored in physics, did you? Great. I'm talking to the wrong guy. That's right. Great. Great. Um, but, oh, I mean, I, I heard you meant, I believe you called them a stand-mounted, uh, what was that term? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, we have a number of absorbers that you put on mic stands. Oh, I see. Which well, are super adaptable, very affordable, and I love them because of all the adaptability that they, they inherently provide you. So pardon my ignorance in asking in that regard, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a true novice when it comes to acoustics. And I think there might be some listeners out there who are as well. Can you sort of uh, walk uh, the listeners through just what are some of the standard items that one would get in their studio to improve the acoustics? Sure. Um, I'm going to get very briefly because we don't have all night. I'm sure. I mean, I'll sit here and talk as long as you as as long as there's wine in the box here. But I, you know, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not drinking right now. I, I'm kidding you. I actually have green tea right here, decaf green tea. But um, there are a number of products that we use as our tools. You know, we're like an artist with a palette, and on our palette are sound absorbers, bass traps, diffusers, uh, sound barriers. And then a number of devices that are, that are relatively ancillary, but which will help to purify our tone, regardless of what, what type of tone we're trying to do. Whether we're talking about studio monitors, we're talking about isolating drum kits from the structure, studio monitors off of the furniture, uh, bass and guitar rigs off of the floor or the stage. Uh, you know, it's a game of inches. We try to attack it at every inch, and it all adds up. It's a cumulative effect, and we end up with pure sound. So the basic products that we use the most of, though, are sound absorbers and bass traps. And uh, what those two products yield when you put them together in the proper way, you pick the right things and you put them where they're supposed to be, is broadband absorption. And this is key. Uh, this is one I would underline and boldface. Broadband absorption is what people need. This is what most people in the world, including my most famous clients, get wrong. They throw skinny, fuzzy stuff, be it foam or fiberglass or whatever, up on the walls and call themselves a studio. Well, what they've not done is to attack the low-frequency problems, which are the number one problem in all small rooms in which we mostly work, all of us. So if you don't fix the low end, then you're not having a broadband solution. And all you're doing is killing the mids and highs, and then you end up with, and I'm going to make air quotes here for our audience to not see, uh, <laughs> then you end up with what's called a dead or a dry or a, a, you know, a boomy room. And it's not that your room is too heavily absorbed. It's that you didn't do anything to control the low end. And so you're just killing mids and highs, and thus all you're hearing is low end, and thus you're saying, well, this room is too dead. This room is boomy. This room is, you know, whatever. It isn't. It's just that you didn't attack the low end. So I'm big on bass trapping and, and proper mid-high absorption to equal broadband solutions. Uh, what are some of the other mistakes that you will see artists make uh, most often in their own home recording studios, in addition to what you've just mentioned? Well, here's my soapbox, and I won't beat this drum too heavily, but uh, I could because I sometimes go on for hours about this. People over-implement diffusers in their control rooms. Now, if we're talking about a tracking room, you know, where you're doing drums and guitar and whatever, blah, 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 that's fine. 
I'll grant you that you might want to spread some of the sound waves around the room without just simply absorbing them. Uh, but the problem is that uh, people implement, in my mind, uh, too many diffusers in control rooms. And I want to be clear that uh, I want people to understand very clearly that uh, despite what they may think they know about the, the proper way to do a control room, you, your listeners don't have a diffusion deficiency. Diffusers do not put back something that's missing from the sound emanating from the instrument, the voice, or the monitors. Okay? These are sound producers, not sound reproducers. And so I advocate against putting diffusers in control rooms. And I say that as a fellow who's invented a lot of really top-performing diffusers. There's a place for them. I generally don't feel that that's in control rooms, except going back to what I talked about a moment ago about the need for bass trapping and broadband solutions, there are diffusers, uh, Oralex has a number of them, that you can load so that they not only give you some diffusion, they are very prodigious bass traps. And so if you're going to do diffusion in a control room, I normally would reserve that for when someone needs additional low-frequency control. Okay? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Indeed. Okay. As, right. as best as, as, best as uh, my mediocre physics mind can uh, understand. Uh, you're a smart <laughs> cookie. You get that. You get that. I'm sure you've got pretty savvy listeners, too. I've heard some of your podcasts. Oh, gosh. Thank you very much. Um, although that's more of a compliment for the listeners, but, or for the, for the list people who listen, but that's good, too. Um, yeah. So I sort of want to take advantage of just your general experience in the music and broadcasting business and how long you've been in the game. And um, do you have any tips out there for the artists? Um, whether it's acoustics or otherwise, and just how to make it in the business, how to move your career forward? Oh, golly, sure. What time is it? How much time do we have? <laughs> should I golly. just leave the room and you just let should. this just, run for an hour? Yeah, just put it on autopilot. I hope you've got a big enough SD card or whatever you're recording to or Pro Tools, Rick. But because uh, I lecture at business schools and, uh, and business classes as well as talking about acoustics and things. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have definite thoughts. I, uh, uh, I am not... Uh, I want to be clear, I am not God's gift to business, okay? I've been very successful, but I am not God's gift as a businessman. I am an entrepreneur. I'm uh, uh, one of those people who gets something in his mind, and he will not let go of it until he figures it out and solves the problem and has success. Um, I don't believe in using negative words. I try to be a positive person. I mean, we all have our days, but I try not to use negative words like always or never. Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think you attract bad things when you speak negatively. And uh, I think that as an employer who has employed and does employ a lot of people um, around the world, because we not only work uh, in the U.S., but uh, have production facilities overseas as well, both directions. Um, I like people who are problem solvers, who are can-do, who have a positive attitude, uh, who don't come in the door in the morning and start telling me about how crappy their drive-in was. Um, I want people who are going to lessen my burden and make my life easier so that I can focus on what I know I, I need to uh, and not burden me and not burden their coworkers. Uh, I like people who listen. Um, let me give you one example. I landed, and I, can't, I won't give you the names, but I landed three of our largest accounts. Their annual revenue totals up to over $100 billion just for these three accounts. And I landed all three of them by hardly saying anything about the products that we were there to try to pitch and get them to carry and sell. It was all about wow. listening. It was all about listening and establishing rapport with the people we were there meeting with. And, you know, we're talking rooms full of people wearing suits, 
we had done a bunch of custom printed materials. Uh, you know, <laughs> we had an entire dog and pony show at all three of these major accounts. And yet it was all about leaning over the table and making good eye contact and establishing rapport. And I can tell you, uh, without mentioning the name, uh, two of the three, the person we were there primarily to meet with literally folded, closed our, our booklets that we had put together, our bound booklets with all sorts of facts and figures and demographics and focus group stuff and blah, 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 blah. And, and within three minutes, folded it closed on the desk and said, I've heard enough. How do we get started? Huh. And so that wasn't even there. That wasn't even talking about the products. That was establishing rapport. And so I would encourage your listeners to let that sink in because regardless whether they're calling on $100 billion companies, everyone is selling everyone every minute of every day in some regard. And the way to get um, people's attention is to be good, is to keep your spine straight, uh, to behave by the golden rule, to brush your teeth, to drink enough water. You know, like they say, never refuse a breath mint if somebody offers it to you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just be a good person and care about what they care about. Empathize with them. Often when I'm in a business meeting, I'll, uh, and this may sound a little flaky, but it's true, I will try to envision what I'm looking and sounding like to the other person. And you'll be amazed at how often you'll self-correct on the fly, realizing that, hey, if I was listening to me right now, you know, I'd, I'd kind of think I was droning on. <laughs> And so I just encourage people to, um, you know, show up and be, a, be the best you can be, regardless whether anybody's looking. And uh, good things happen to those who try, I think. Oh, yeah, particularly in, for indie artists, uh, because, you know, it's, it's a lot of getting doors slammed in your face. It's, you know, what you experienced with that receptionist all those years ago at the radio station uh, times a thousand. And... Uh, for what I've seen with independent artists, the ones who succeed are the ones who just, you know, are undeterred, uh, don't right. don't let themselves get beaten down by adversity and just believe in themselves and what they're doing so much that they just keep pressing forward, which, by the way, is what tends to separate good entrepreneurs from the ones who are not so successful. And in reality, what is an indie artist other than an entrepreneur? Oh, exactly. Who, you know, Absolutely. Who's not Very well deaf. said. <laughs> Very well, yeah, thanks. Very well said. You know, people ask me if I'm a musician. I say, no, I'm a drummer. You know? <laughs> Rimshot, come on, push the Hang button. Hang on, it's coming. Thank and, you. Yeah, Thank you. sorry, I was just uh, bracing myself for the yeah. emails from angry drummers that are sure yeah, to come now. No, I'm a drummer. I can make those jokes. It's oh. fine. But, um, uh, you know, I've never failed. Uh, some people would say, well, you know, cause I've been in a lot of industries. I've been entrepreneurial. I had a graphics firm. I had a computer business. I was a model at a young age. I've certainly been in broadcast forever. I've done voiceover. Um, uh, I've, I've owned a number of restaurants. I worked in the nightclub industry and a, uh, not only as a, as a relatively highly compensated nightclub disc jockey, uh, and mobile disc jockey, uh, for people like the Rolling Stones even, but, uh, uh, I've owned restaurants. I've uh, I was in a management position in the nightclub industry nationwide and things like that. Very profit responsible. Well, I've been fired from almost every job I've ever had. <laughs> the, 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 I've even fired myself sometimes. It's incredible. But uh, no, I'm kidding about that. But um, my wife fires me all the time. But that's another story. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've never failed. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I never failed because I'm always learning. You know, the curse of the entrepreneur is 
if you're truly entrepreneurial and not a one-trick pony, you know, I mean, if you take your blinders off, I see opportunity everywhere. And that's a real problem because my brain won't stop working. You know, you go to get an oil change and you're sitting there in the chair waiting and, and, and I'm solving their problems. You know, I'm thinking, well, I would rearrange the store. I would do this with their IT stuff, blah, 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 blah. Their marketing materials need this redone. And, and it's just a curse. Everywhere I go, I'm trying to improve things. And I don't mean in a jerk way. I just mean in an innovative way that I think would make life better, faster, cheaper, you know. And so that's kind of the entrepreneurial brain, I suppose. It's tough to put it on the shelf and say, nope, I'm just going to focus right now. <laughs> um, uh, your, your personality does seem to befit a lot of the entrepreneurs I've met. There is, a, I think there's sort of an entrepreneur gene. And, you know, again, when you think about indie artists, um, many the ones that I see that are more successful than others tend to have a lot of the same traits that you've just spoken of, um, you know, whether it's just a capacity to deal with failure or just constantly thinking about how to improve things or often looking at other artists and saying, oh, they should really be doing it this way. And if I were in their shoes, like I, I was talking, I had an artist on my show uh, many months ago who uh, spent a good part of the interview just talking about other artists that she knows that she's a fan of and says, oh man, she does this other artist. She does this so well. And, and if I were her, I would, uh, you know, start selling this product sure. this way. And like, it's a, like, you just can't turn the switch off if you're that kind of personality. Right. Well, then they become a producer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, yeah. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you must be incredibly busy and uh, it's uh, so great for you to share your insight with everybody. Can uh, you tell, people how to find you and find out more about Aurelex? Well, they can certainly go to our main website, which is Aurelex.com, A-U-R-A-L-E-X.com. And then we have a number of other sister sites of ours, uh, which which uh, are also linkable from our, our homepage there. But um, also there's a booklet that I wrote. It's, it's going to become a book whenever I find the time to expand it, but it's the basis of my acoustics lecture, and the, it's called, and this is a registered trademark, Mr. Attorney, uh, this is called Real World Acoustics. And so we are all about, as I said earlier, making things easy and affordable. Um, we like to take out the fluff and the hard math. Uh, we do the heavy lifting on the back end. It's transparent to our, our uh, people with whom we work. Um, but Real World Acoustics is a booklet. It's in two sections right now. The first one is about uh, control room acoustics, basically. And the second section is about uh, acoustics for voiceover, which uh, I would encourage folks to get on and download the PDF. It's a freebie. And uh, even if you're not involved in voiceover recording, there's a lot of good, good information in there just about acoustics in general um, that I think people would find very helpful. And as I said, it's the basis of my lecture, which is pretty well received. And People tend to learn a lot from it, so it's it is very much real world. It's it's not, oh man, I don't have a million dollars, so this doesn't apply to me. It's it's really nuts and bolts type stuff. Oh, that's great, um, Eric. Thanks again for being on. We'd love to have you on again real soon. Okay, what a, a half hour from now is good. For Sounds me. good. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, great. Thanks. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening.
Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Eric Smith from RLX for coming by in the previous segment. You can find out more about the products that these guys offer at www.auralex.com. You go on their website, you can, for free, uh, send them some schematics of your room, and they'll recommend some products for you to help make whatever place you're in the perfect studio space um, good acoustics can really make the difference in you know creating fantastic home recordings and um, because Eric Smith is the nicest dude in the world he even said that he would uh, help us out and you know in building our own new studio so I'm super stoked for that and keeping nice. that relationship going yeah really sweet dude Eric good Smith um, so we had the Oscars yesterday had the Oscars the 88th Academy Awards yeah, we delayed the podcast 24 hours just so we could give you some Oscars analysis um, I hope you all did not mind the wait Dave overall impressions how, how did you like this year's Oscars well I, first of all listeners we know that you come to the Dave and Ryan movie podcast for uh, all of your uh, movie things that's one of the titles we're floating around for uh, next week um, yeah. By, by the way, yes, I, I, I should have said before I, that secret. So mad at you. Well, you know, it's true. If you're thinking that, Dave, you just want to make this a combination of Doug Loves Movies. How did this get made? You know, Malton on Movies or any, you know, any Nerdist and all the, all those other great shows. Yes, I do. Um, and it will happen. Anyway. I know you do. Yes. Oh, man, Mr. Uh, told me about the mic. Sorry, I, I came in a little loud there. Had the clipping on loud. I'm just because I know what you're doing. I'm on to you. You're trying to get. You're trying to destroy this great music business podcast. I, I understand your role. I understand you're in here to bring some comedy to make us laugh. So it's not just all a bunch of dry music business advice. But that stuff's important too. And you're just trying to get rid of all of it. You're trying to slowly take over this podcast and make it nerdist. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and you're gonna have your book in your hands because uh, it's on the nightstand because you read it every single night before going to bed for validation. Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry by Ryan Carella, available, or no, not wherever books are sold, available on Amazon. Yeah. And, um, you know, probably some other places that Ryan has available on his website. That's right. Yeah. Th- thank you for that, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. But I'm going to you're going to. It's nice to know in the midst of making fun of me, you still throw a book plug in there. That's well, what friends do. I'll tell you why. Because you said <laughs> I'm trying to like to- basically like rub you out of this. You take over. You're gonna wake up one day and Allah Back to the Future. You're gonna hold the book and all of a sudden it's gonna to start to like fade away. And instead of Ryan Carell, it's gonna say David K. You're gonna be like, what? Wait, what's going on? What's going on? And you wait, go to your uh, lovely fiance and go, honey, my book. What, what is? It? And she's gonna be like, well, who are you? This is David's book. My fiance. So in the future, all of this is going like so. In the future, like I'm not gonna have my fiance anymore. But yet. I'll still be around her. Well, you're a creep. <laughs> In the, and we, we kind of like you to leave. We understand, you know, uh, we're friends and everything, but me and my fiance over here <laughs> would like you to leave, Ryan. <laughs> You've been hanging around us a little too long. I've been busy writing this book because, as you can see, it says my name on it right there. Um, you know, it's just, it's all going to start, it's all going to start fading away, Ryan. This is all scaring me too much. Can we please talk about the Oscars? Wouldn't it be funny if this is a dream, Ryan? Hilarious. Just wake up, Ryan. Just wake up and it's all over. Anyway, sorry. That bit so, went on too long. Oscars. Yes. Over, your overall impressions. You liked the show. The, the liked viewership the show. was down this year. Viewership. Yeah, I read that. I'm not sure how much of that has to do with the uh, Oscars so white controversy or just also people just maybe not interested. Because yeah. I, I actually did think that this was a you know, pretty good year for some of the movies. Now, I mean, like mo- <laughs> pretty much every single year since I've been alive, I have not seen every single movie nominated for like Best Picture. How about you? Did, did you see them all? Uh, about half. 
Yeah, I saw Revenant, Mad mm-hmm. Max, Fury Road, yeah, Martian um, Spies, Martian, and I think that's it. That's all the ones I saw. Um, yeah, I didn't see Brooklyn. I didn't see Carol. The Danish Girl was that also Best Picture? No, I think so. Room, maybe. Oh, it did see Room. Yes, did see Room. Saw so in a How was that? That was good. That was good. That was very intense. Um, you know, yeah, you, you, you cry. You cry during that movie. And that that little kid, Jacob Tremblay. Man, that's a that's a good kid. Yeah. He young kid and by the way I thought it was very cute when uh when Art when C3PO R2D2 and BBA came up on stage on the Oscars. Yeah, that kid was losing <clears> his <throat> mind. I mean, they cut to him like standing up kind of like trying to see over the adult's head. I'm like that's nice. That's he's he's a kid. He's a kid. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah, he's in this world right now of this Hollywood moment right here, but he's a kid. He likes Legos, he likes Star Wars. Good on you, kid. In fact, we'd love to have him on the show. Oh, I'm sure. So any of you out there, if you know Jacob Tremblay, you know, hey, have him give us a call. Because like like I said, this is no longer going to be a music business podcast. No. This is going to be just a movie podcast. This is just, you know, we're, we're, get, we're getting rid of Ryan, folks. That's the, that's the main point of this. Yeah, I hate that guy. Yeah. So I know everybody makes this comment about the Oscars every year. This is the annual lament. But I can tell you as an East Coaster, it's true now more than ever. The Oscars are too damn long. This is an interesting thing. I, at one point, I, I hit, I, I see, saw what time it was, because I'm remembering like, oh, that's right. Usually it goes to eleven. That thing ended like at midnight. Yeah, the recording was way was stopped way past. I was useless at work the next day. I just, I just completely incapable of functioning at the office. Well, and, and you know, all right, maybe not. Be, okay, all right, yeah, okay, because of the Oscars. Yeah, all right. That's why I was useless. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was definitely long. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't feel the length though. That's weird. I mean, I, I felt it come like 11 when I was tired. You know, and maybe because actually, you know, f- for the first part of it, I mean, first part of it was, I liked how someone on Twitter called it the Oscars, A-U-S-C-A-R-S, because of Mad Max Fury Road. Basically cleaning up everything that happens behind the camera lens. Yeah. You know, all the, um, here I go, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the list here, because uh, I have it right in front of me. And I don't need to wait any time whatsoever to find it. <laughs> sound mixing, sound editing, makeup. Co- By the way, it, I like how they call it makeup and hairstyling now. I, th- I think they threw in the hairstyling. Right? Yeah. It didn't need to be just makeup. Now they have and hairstyling. I want to say yes. Yeah. I feel like the... Uh, the oh, shit. I was going to try to... I was trying to make a joke like the WGA, like the Wig Makers Association or something. But it just didn't work anyway. Moving on. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been a funny joke. Sound mixing, editing, makeup, costume design, uh, film editing, and also production design. Six six Academy Awards for Mad Max Free Road. Deserved. That movie. It was, it, was, it was really, really impressive. All around. Story, you know, people on the screen, sound, visual. It was a great it was. I, my favorite movie of 2015, I mean, it has to be Star Wars. The Force Awakens because yeah. it has to be sure, but I want to say behind that is Mad Max Fury Road. It, it was a really special movie, and it, I'm so pissed well off acted, at myself. Well made. Just... I never saw it in theaters. Really, I was I was in China at the time. This was back before the show, uh, right? Basically at the release point, and they got back at the time where basically you know it was out of theaters. So I want to have to hope to find some sort of like re-release or something to see on the big screens. I've only just ever seen it at home. It was really special to watch in the theater. Just, yeah. I mean, a movie like that is always going to be better when you're in that theater environment. So oh, yeah. I want to run something by you because Oscar's length is just brutal for me. And I think I have the way to fix it. 
and everybody has always had their own ways to fix it. But I'm going to run this by you. But you know, a lot of the a lot of what they've tried to do to cut the length of the Oscars is to cut the speeches. And oh god, it was miserable this year when they tried to oh the sports the center thank you crawl yeah have the yeah. thank you crawl, which is just insulting. Like. I mean, first of all, it didn't shorten the speeches at all. Yeah, because they still yeah, they still the thanked everybody. It, yeah. was still, it was the same exact people. Yeah. So it's like, you know, John Alejandro Iñárritu wishes to thank and pitchers and catchers for the Orioles report, you know, in, in a week. <laughs> um, you know, I, that, it was it was useless. And I, I didn't pay attention to it. I wasn't reading it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there's really no value in being thanked in the crawl. If, if you get thanked in the crawl... Like you can't really tell your friends that the next day, like, oh yeah, my buddy won best art art direction or whatever and totally thanked me in the Oscars. Oh, that's so cool. So they thanked you during the, the telecast, like on stage. Oh no, no, I was there in the crawl for two tenths of a second. You know, I took a screenshot of it on my phone. It's kind of blurry because it went by so fast, but yeah, I was totally thanked at the Oscars. Yeah. No. Yeah, Doesn't no, count. you weren't. Doesn't count. Everybody would tell you that. So that's not the way to shorten the Oscars. Here's the way to do it. I think the Oscars needs to borrow from the Grammys, which is you don't need to have more black people. Well, <laughs> yeah, but other than that, the way to borrow. So the Grammys has, you know, 80 something categories and they don't put up all 80 categories in the telecast. They pick and choose each year. They'll, they'll, they'll feature different ones each year. So in that middle third of the Oscars where it's just the Mad Max show, cause it's all those technical categories, you don't need to show all of the technical categories every year. Maybe pick half of them. And just do like four of those eight or whatever it is every year. And then every year just feature different ones. And then some of the ones that you don't mention during the, the telecast, you just put into the SciTech Awards that happened a couple weeks before. And we can get this down to reasonable length. I'm and sure those people will be thrilled to know they get relegated to that other event. Well, but, you know, this is about television, man. And, and I mean, don't get me started on the fact that, you know, we have to mash up. I don't know how this works. We mash up makeup and hairstyling into separate awards but sound Sound mixing mixing and sound sound editing editing. yeah well that's been that's been the joke as long as they've had it i think even the 90s like it was like an snl joke about like what the heck is going on here and then of course the sound was like cutting out on the guy's mic or it was like a weekend (laughs) update thing but you know yes i still have no clue what the difference is and is there ever is there ever been a movie like i want somebody to research this like has there been a movie in recent years that is one for sound mixing but didn't win for sound editing. Like, I think that happens a lot, actually. Really? Because it didn't happen this year. Because I can't imagine somebody's like, man, the sound mixing on this movie is on point, but the sound editing is just total crap. And that's the point where you thought the sound categories and the visual effects, that was maybe like, okay, maybe Star Wars will get uh, an award here as basically a, a nod to it being the biggest movie of all time now. And God knows what will eclipse it, maybe another Star Wars. But no, so we get the both sounds went to Mad Max. Visual effects went to uh, Ex Machina. I didn't see that one. Big I want to see it. I got to see this now. I, everyone was talking how great it was. And I guess that also uh, Alicia Vikander won Best Supporting Actress in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that one, I think that one was like not really a spoiler or whatever because some of the other ones were okay. I know the one, I think the biggest upset of the night for me was Mark Rylance supporting. Wow, yeah. From Bridge of, Bridge of Spies. A lot of people were, I mean, everybody thought this was Stallone's year. I thought it was Stallone because it, it was the 40th anniversary of Rocky winning at yeah. the awards. So it, would, it basically would have been, a, it's a career award. Right, and, and Stallone's the kind of actor where if he's going to win an Oscar, it's going to be for playing Rocky Balboa. Like, he's not going to be in anything else that's going to get him an Oscar. Wait, so. not Cobra? Not <laughs> yeah. Rhinestone? Not Over the Top? 
and over the top. I forgot about that movie, the arm wrestling movie. I mean, Ryan, the acting with the hat, he turns the hat, Ryan, and when he turns the hat, look out. He's a whole other guy, Ryan. He's going to win that truck and get his son back from the evil Robert Loja. Oh, Robert Loja. <laughs> you know way too much about Over the Top. Yeah, does I, I, does I... Okay, what percentage of you listening have any clue what the hell I'm right. saying right now? 99% of the audience is completely lost on your Over the Top references, but there's one guy <laughs> listening to this like, oh my God, Dave is crushing yeah, it going, right now. <laughs> right, that, but this is all he's going to win the Oscar for. So Academy, by not giving him the Oscar this year... That's it. Like the dude's never going to take home the hardware. Well, because I, I don't. I mean, maybe there'll be another Creed two, or something. But I, what else is he going to do? I don't know. So, wait, he he doesn't do a lot of Oscar bait. <laughs> I get you know. Yeah, I I think. I mean, well, that's, that's the thing. It's like his career is launched by this awesome thing, and then he just goes and does all these other. <laughs> goes gets the paycheck. Well, has has Sylvester well, I mean, Stallone ever been nominated for an Oscar for something other than Rocky? Because I think uh, he got nominated for Rocky One. Uh, Demolition Man. <laughs> I'm gonna reach over that table and fight Phoenix. <laughs> Demolition Man. Uh, Judge Dredd. Ju- oh, that's right. Prepare to be judged. Yeah. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You got any more? I am the law. Oh, all right, I'm on yeah, Asante. I'm on Asante yeah. up in here. Um, right, so like this yeah. is great. You know what? All right, you know what? Format change. Welcome to the Sylvester Stallone podcast. Wait, no, no. I think Paul Shear already did that one. Oh, damn, damn it, Paul. Got beat to it. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I, I I talked about this with you over text message earlier today, and I want to bring this up because I know it's going to make you mad, and that's and that's that's the audience's favorite stuff. Anytime. We can get Dave riled up about something. That's good content. Uh And so I know that you do not approve of the person who won best song. You do not like the song Writings on the Wall from Spectre. You're a big Bond fan. It was 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 a subpar Bond song. And I have a feeling that one because so, I mean, some of one, (laughs) I didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. I didn't see it. You did you see it, Ryan? Oh yeah, could just wait. Did you see it? No, I did not see Fifty Shades. Well, because of you got a girl in your life, so it's quite possible. How dare you? What? You, you're saying that my my girlfriend is you know your fiance? No, oh, my fiance. Yes, but at that time she was not your fiance. That's fair. Like you, you know my my super educated you know this the close to getting her PhD fiance. You think that's the kind of stuff that she watches? I don't know. I mean. In, I don't know. She's Listen, sophisticated. Most unlike of the, me. Most of the men that saw that movie probably had girlfriends or wives to take there. Okay? So when they had the weekend on there, they said like now performance for the weekend. I'm like, wait, is he gonna perform? It's like are they doing the Grammys? Hey, let's uh get uh someone to appease all these people boycotting. Let's just get the weekend up there with his freaking pompadour haircut. <laughs> Whatever. What is that? His, oh come on, he's so awesome. How can you rip on the weekend? The weekend is great. I feel like he named himself that because he he just thinks psychologically people will never hate the weekend. If he's called the weekdays, no one's gonna listen. <laughs> That's true. Who likes weekdays? No, the weekend. Great. Anyway, you can't. The I mean, song the is called great. "Earned It." Yeah. Why? Why? Why is there a song called "Earned It" in the movie Fifty Shades of Grey? 
What is being earned? Don't want to know. Anyway, <laughs> that's all you that got one. for that. That's all. That's all I got. There was the uh, the Lady Gaga song for "Till It Happens to You," the, a very serious subject. And then when I learned what it was, I'm like, oh, I, th- I have, I have a f- it seems like that would win because it's it leads. You know, these guys also like good acceptance speeches. They like, yeah. you know, it's no secret they you, you know, like stuff with a message. I think what when Common won. Was it last year for uh, Selma at the Golden Globes? Common and John, 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 John Legend, yeah. They had a great speak, a speech at the Golden Globes first, and then you know they had another great one at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the song was probably good, too. But you know they're aware of that stuff. So I figured, like, okay, this will be a nice moment for talking about sexual assault on campuses. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but they gave it to Sam Smith. Um, Who apparently again, has no idea that gay people have won Oscars before. <laughs> I... Get, I, I, I it's funny. I had no idea he was gay because I don't follow him. But also, in terms of progress, I don't know. It didn't really matter much to me. I don't know. Sarah Silverman was hilarious. Yeah, she was great. I some people are like, oh my god, they don't get her. So it's, I have no time for you anyway. Sarah Silverman's hilarious. She's a great all comic. But no, it, that's not a good Bond song. And I feel like oh wait, every before, other year before we get into Bond songs, can I can I make one comment about um, the Hunting Ground song? Uh, Till it happens to you, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden introduced that song. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Do you think Joe Biden is a little pissed that he's not running? Well, that too. Yeah. Is a little pissed that they like called him down. Hey, Joe, we want you to come down and give this speech at the Oscars. And it wasn't even for the song that won. He's like, you made me come all the way down from, you know, not even down, come all the way across the country from Washington to have me introduce the second place song. Do you have any idea how powerful I am? I control nukes. No, he doesn't. He Joe Biden does not control he, the nukes. He talks to the yeah. He talks to the guy who controls the nukes. Exactly. They yeah. meet for lunch like once every other me? week. That, that's a perk of the job. I, I, I mean, come on, Martin Van Buren. Martin Van Buren as Andrew Jackson's vice president would have loved to do something like that. I'm sure he just sat around all day and did nothing, twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> He's like, oh, is the phone ringing? Well, no, because Alexander Graham Bell's not even born yet. How do I know this stuff? I don't know. I must be a Highlander. I mean, this goes without saying, but your Martin Van Buren is spot on. Everybody knows. It's exactly what he sounded like. Well, yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove right. me wrong. Sorry for that detour. You can go back to hating on uh, Sam Smith and the song. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I'll tell you, man, like I granted, I can see the fact that most people agree with you. This because does I, not seem to be a, a popular song, it, but it, I've been listening to it all day and it's grown. Oh, oh, no, 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 tell me the reasons why you like it. It's, you know. I did. No, no, you, you gave me two reasons. I Tell did. me why. I did. I, I think, you know, and this is typical for many Bond songs. I think the chord progressions are really exciting, really interesting, and it's really well arranged, which is the taste for many Bond songs as well. I'm entertained by that song. I like writings on the wall. Screw you. What? That's not a reason to like a song. Good chord progressions and arrangement. You it's really feel good it. Chord you progressions feel it in your gut, bro. Well, but that's why I feel it in that's, my gut. That's why there's no Grammy for best chord arrangement and you know song progression. I think I I, I flipped them. Um, there actually is a Grammy for best arrangement. Who won it last Boom. year? Who won it? I don't know. Uh, not even last year. A few Joe weeks Biden. Ago. <laughs> well, yeah. Martin Van Buren. No, you're thinking of rapping Ronnie Reagan. Oh yes. Well, wait, 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 well. <laughs> Another another deep cut. There you go. This is this is like a reference city. What, 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 All right, okay, okay. Like, no, like I, 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 it went that nowhere. Song did make me feel there was something like no, because of the progression. There was no big brass. It, it it desperately wanted to be a Shirley Bassey song, which are all great, but it's not. And I've noticed it's like okay, 
you had Tina Turner doing Goldeneye. Great. Yeah. Right? That was a good song. You had, um, oh, shoot. What movie? I'll tell you who sang it. Tomorrow Never Dies. It was Cheryl uh, Crow. Crow. Cheryl Crow. Yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. I like that. Some people yeah. were on the fence. I, I like it. Right. Rule Does Not Enough, Garbage. I really like that one. That was a good one. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Actually, wait, was it Garbage or Shirley Manson? Re- I, either way. Yeah. That, that was really good. She was great. Dying the third day. Ooh, woof. Madonna. I, 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 that, that was, I mean, it, it saddened me that everything from start to finish was kind of like, ugh. This is becoming like a parody of itself. Um, Casino Royale. I loved it. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. That was oh, like our yeah. song in college. Yes. And we won't tell people why. Um, Quantum of Solace. Jack White, Alicia Keys. I mean, a dumpster fire. <laughs> Throw that eggplant of email signatures that's been pissed on by the feral dogs and cats. That Put was it a in good a fire segment. of dumpster and gasoline. And now that that is that song from Quantum of Solace. Whichever one that, and the thing that pisses me off the most, Ryan, and pisses you off, listeners, and I don't care if you've turned off. I'm, I'm, I'm still talking. All right, <laughs> you downloaded it already. You know your problems are whatever. They had Shirley Bassey do a song called "No Good About Goodbye," and it thematically tied in with the story for the end of Casino Royale with him being betrayed by Vesper. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that movie's pretty old now. I think we can. Well, I, oh my, I went to see. Uh, I'm gonna plug. I went to see a taping of Doug Loves Movies on Saturday cool. at the Fort Lauderdale at the Improv at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> and on the panel, it, oh, they were starting talking about Star Wars. And from the back, some guy goes, "I haven't seen it yet. Stop talking about it." And everyone, everyone in the audience, rightly is like, "Fuck you," <laughs> you know. And on stage, they're kind of like, "Han dies, idiot." You know, it's February. Oh, man. Where where have you been? What have you done? You know, and some people haven't seen Star if if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, I don't know what to do with you. I I don't know what to do with you. Why? What are you waiting for? Oh, I really want the experience of seeing it on the back of his seat on a plane, the way J.J. Abrams intended it for it to be seen. Just like when I waited to see gravity on my phone. Is it an iPhone 6 Plus? No, an iPhone 4. You people. Anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? It's you know, so Casino Royale, good. Quantum of Solace, bad. Skyfall, good. Oh, Oscar, yeah. Adele, great. Voices, I mean, voice, her voice, great. <laughs> uh, pianos and mics, um, another callback. Um, this one, writing on the wall, it was not good. It was not good, and I felt it won simply because it's James Bond. But there, but there are plenty of James Bond songs that haven't won best song. And yeah, and but for some reason now I feel like maybe this will be the trend. Like, oh, James Bond song this year. Okay, let's give it to them. You know. But would that, would that be the worst thing? Like, particularly now in today's movies, where we, you know, movies don't really do theme songs anymore. Like the idea of like the pre-movie like title card where they show all the cast members. <laughs> movies don't really do that. They get you right into the movie. Like James Bond is like the only franchise that still yeah. you know tells Did, you who the supervising producer yeah. was. But did Spotlight have a song? What else was nominated? Was there a Spotlight song? Because, I mean, it's like, hey, everybody, we're going to shine a spotlight over here on some bad stuff at the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why are we at the end of the episode? Because I want to do a whole yes. segment where we just... <laughs> yes. The big short sung by Danny DeVito. We just, we just have you do, like, just off the cuff, do all the themes for different movies. By the movies. way, I feel, and I came up, I, I thought about this today. 
as I was looking at my library of books and I saw my, my biography or my autobiography of Martin Short, um, if Billy Crystal was hosting or maybe Steve Martin, I'm pretty sure there would have been a sketch in there about the big Martin Short. Yeah, I feel like we missed out. I Yeah, and, and the whole thing is just about maybe like Martin Short, but what if he's just like 6'1"? <laughs> the same exact guy. What if he's 6'1"? I feel like I'm, 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 I'm talking to no one. I'm, I'm pitching a meeting here that's not going well. It's not going my way. I've got the NBC executives in front of me, and things are not going great. You're right. This podcast definitely needs more comedy and less music yeah, But you know what? We need a podcast about nothing. Seinfeld reference? Yeah, Seinfeld reference. Gotcha. Yeah. Our thanks to Eric Smith from RLX. Wait, 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 wait. Leonardo DiCaprio. You got more? Oh, right. Of course. Leonardo DiCaprio. Glad he won. Although, for a few minutes, I was like, wait a minute. Why does he need more? Oh, yeah. Well, I had a friend on Facebook who posted something funny about that. It was you know, like, thank God that, you know, the rich, successful guy finally got his due. It's like he already got all the girls. Now just like the one girl that's the that, that was like, you know, be like, eh, I don't know. Now he's got her, too. Yeah. He just he has all the women just because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought he was going to think Alan Thicke, too. When he went like back to the beginning, I thought he was going to go <laughs> Alan Thicke, which <laughs> would have been great. Would have been great. No. Well, here's what would have been great. Like, I, I wish I could have written DiCaprio's Oscar speech for him. He should have went up there on the podium, not said anything. Take out that little spinning top from uh, Inception uh-huh. and spin it on the table just to make sure that it falls down. He goes, good, good. I'm not dreaming. I thought that would have been funny. Uh, oh, go to hell. That's so funny. You know, I think we should leave it to me. We should leave the comedy bits to me. I, clearly, clearly. Right, guys? Yeah. Anyway, we're, I think we're, we're getting close on uh, the clocks over here. We're coming up against the heart out. Um before we go, uh, happy 30th anniversary to Metallica's Master of Puppets, March 3rd, 1986. The world changed forever. Ryan, do you remember where you were when uh, Master of Puppets came out? March 3rd, 1986. Do you remember where you were? Do you remember where you were, Ryan? I was not in existence. You were probably crapping yourself. 1986, oh, 86. You idiot. 86. I said 85. No, yeah, I was, you know, I was crapping myself. Yes, you're right. Yeah, email signatures. Yeah. It was a good segment. Our thanks to Eric Smith from RLX for joining us. Uh, he was tremendous. You can find out more about what he does at RLX. Oh, and uh, welcome uh, Yapka Kindle, Teddy Purcell, and uh, Yuri Hudler uh, to the Florida Panthers. Got at the trade deadline, Ryan. NHL trade deadline talk. High five. Come on. High five. High five. High five. Thank yeah! you all very much for listening to The Break, the business podcast. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.